Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Love Talk Radio. Dr. Terrell Francis, I am so pleased you could join us today. We're going to take a journey down volunteer vacations. Why? Because it is the best way to deal with your depression, anxiety, family conflict, and even narcissism that crops up in everybody's life. When you start volunteering your time to help, to do random acts of kindness or acts of kindness that take a little bit more forethought as associated to volunteer vacation, you pull yourself out of thinking only about yourself or feeling meaningless and purposeless. Or you also begin to realize what other people have to contend with and how easy your life is in comparison. You begin to realize that other people are solving their problems or dealing with complications, so your anxiety is lowered. So today, guys, I want you to really consider volunteering vacations because it is really helpful for you, your family, and those communities that you get a chance to help out. So consider that. And in order to do that, I wanted to give to you Interviews with people from Browning, Montana, where my family and I volunteered through globalvolunteers.org. Globalvolunteers.org organizes throughout the entire planet so that you can go to all sorts of different cultures, all sorts of different continents, and all sorts of different complications or situations where you can offer what your skills are. And if you're not very skilled, it doesn't matter. They find a place for you because they need labor, they need connection. And then the benefit of this is that you get to know the people in the community because they bring them to you and they bring you to them so that you can dialogue with them and find out what life is really like for them. You move outside yourself and you move into their realm and you also bring to them what you have to offer, whatever little or much it is. And the benefit to you is that you move out of your depression, out of your anxiety, out of your family issues and out of your own narcissism into a life that has meaningful, purposeful existence. So today, first, you're going to hear from one of the Blackfeet tribal members that we got to interface with as global volunteers. She is Polly Matt, and she describes beautifully what it meant to have global volunteers from all over the planet, England, Canada, all over the U.S., uh, Australia, to come to her tribal area in the Blackfeet area in Montana so that they could know what Native American Indians have gone through, what they're going through, and how they have progressed. So we're going to start off today with an interview with Pauline Matt. She is a shaman. She's a plant shaman, and she works a lot with the medicines of the herbs of her land. She also represents the environmental impact 
coefficient associated to trying to prevent fracking from her gorgeously beautiful land where the freshest water in the United States currently is available and will not be available once fracking takes place. Polly Matt also has a wonderful uh, series of products that really help in all sorts of ways that are for your your body, for your mental health, that are teas, ointments. She is a progressive individual, very successful businesswoman, and she also has this incredible ability to reach out to her own people, the Blackfeet tribe, and say, hey, let's make the most of life. And she's so glad the Global Volunteers came to help out. Here's Pauline Matt. This is Dr. Cheryl Francis, and I'm with Pauline Matt. But she has taught the Global Volunteers about the incredible power of the plants, and that will be in another show. But guess what? Global Volunteers uh, has worldwide reached into all sorts of communities and brought people to Blackfoot a Reservation to understand the, the amazing people that are here at Blackfoot, the Blackfoot tribe, and and also the beauty of this land and to see if volunteers can help out as, as you move forward in your world as well. So, mm-hmm. Pauline, Matt, introduce yourself. And then, then what do you think uh, is what global volunteer people can reap from their experience here mm-hmm. or give or offer when they're here. I'm Polly Matt and I'm from the Blackfeet Nation and I've lived here all of my life. Um, I think one of the things that I really like about the first and foremost thing I like about the Global Volunteers is that they, you know, they come here and we're able to share our story with them. So many people have um, misconceptions about um, not only the Blackfeet but all Native tribes, mm-hmm. and so we're able to share our our lifestyle with them. Um, but at the same time, um, I have found, and I've always tried to remember to thank them for coming to our community to mm-hmm. help um, help do things that we uh, uh, people could really use help with. Um, I know there was times when. Um, I was able to, with my little bitty business, I was able to have them come out and, and help me paint a building. Pauline Matt is one of many amazing individuals that you meet when you're part of the Global Volunteer Experience on the Blackfeet Tribe Reservation in Montana. Which more specifically, we were in Browning, Montana. And so you become acquainted with individuals who are part of the government that interface with the U.S. government, that deal with the Canadian border issues, with the national reservation issues, as well as the intertribal politics and progression that goes on. It's complex, it's fascinating, and these people are so heartfelt about the progression of all human beings and the people that make up their tribe as well. Now, I'm going to also now introduce to you all the volunteers that came with me to Browning, Montana through Global Volunteers so that you can get a feel for some of what they valued, what they experienced, and what they wanted to reap from their experience as well. All part of the Global Volunteer Experience, which you can find more out about at theglobalvolunteer.com. So here we go with the volunteers that joined me that week in Browning, Montana. Matt has had a tremendous amount of impact on the people in the community. And then she talks about how these global volunteers have done all sorts of different things. 
for her own life as well as the people around her. But she most appreciates that her people get a chance to tell the world what's really happening to Native American Indians. But now it's time to go and talk to the different global volunteers that I had a chance to meet and work with. These are amazing people from, again, all over the planet that have a heart to come to help as well as to bring their children, their grandchildren, to a mindfulness as to how they can be of assistance to others and how their lives are small in comparison with the entire world of variety and opportunity. So listen to the interviews with Global Volunteer through globalvolunteer.org, a wonderful organization to work with, and I'm sure there are many other fabulous organizations that can help you organize a vacation that's all about giving, and I know you will receive a ton in exchange. Just tell me the wonderful people you've met. The Blackfeet people of Montana have been so welcoming, so very, very interesting women in the kitchens who are very, um, they just care about their children, they care about their families, they're willing to tell us their stories. Uh, there's been a lot, of every, almost everyone here has experienced some losses um, in their families, sometimes with um, tragedies such as brain cancer, sometimes with um, um, just, you know, with diabetic um, problems. Um, but after they've mentioned that, they just go on, they have that tremendous human spirit that allows them to go on and not dwell on the bad things in their lives, but look at the wonderful things, the experiences that they also have had. Daryl, tell me a little bit about Daryl. Yeah, I'll tell you a little Do you know Daryl Johnson? Uh, yes, Daryl uh, Whippet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also Shirley Whippet's um, nephew. Shirley works in Eagle Shields. Uh, in the kitchen, and she's had a very interesting life. I'll tell you a little bit about Shirley first, okay, and then I'll tell you a little bit, because I know her a little bit better. Okay. Um, Shirley's um, an older woman who um, did a lot of work with the fire camps when she was younger. She's extraordinarily meticulous when she is making, holding up the silverware for uh, everyone to eat. She takes such great care with it, with such precision and, and love, everything that's they seem to do is with love. Mm-hmm. The time is not important. It's just the caring, the sharing. Um, Shirley was also told a lot of our, our kids that were here about her experiences in the fire camp when she was younger and how they have to organize all of the materials and make sure that all of the young people that are on the, from the reservation are working in these very, very dangerous her experiences in the fire camp when she was younger and how they have to organize all of the materials and make sure that all of the young people that are on the, from the reservation that are working in these very, very dangerous conditions um, are well provided, you know, with all of the different equipment. And she was one that was monitoring it and making sure that everybody had exactly what they needed. Um, she just lost one of her children about a month ago. To what, do you know? No, oh, I didn't ask. Wow. But, and, but uh, she did say several times that this Sunday is going to be a very sad day for her. And um, we just shared a lot of grandmotherly and motherly experiences. Um, and then her nephew, Daryl, with it, um, is clearly an artist. He had come in the other day with some art that he had and just said, I'm giving this to anybody that wants it. If you'd like it, you could take it. Wow. And... Um, very talented person, and he had said that he would like, at one point, had wanted to write a book, 
um, telling about his own life and some of the ways that he had overcome some obstacles. And he'd been, he'd he'd been up in Alaska before um, and has come back here. And one of, the, one of his major interests is helping people with diabetes. So he's been collecting aluminum cans and their tabs. And someone from Global from last year had met, met him and had brought some aluminum cans. They just brought the tabs back for him. Anyway, somehow he gets money from these tabs and cans and um, uses it to help people with diabetes here on the res who just need simple things like maybe a ride somewhere or, you know, gas money to get someplace. So it's a kind, he provides the kinds of um, help that the diabetic organizations actually don't. The day-to-day little things like making sure somebody gets their medicine on time and um, things like that. So... Um, he said he was on his way back to Alaska, but I believe he helped Michelle with setting up beds. I sort of heard that. He didn't say it, but I'd heard somebody say that. So he might be around next week helping Global um, get things together. But his artwork, his artwork is absolutely, I have it, but I have it all packed. And um, I am, I didn't have any money with me, but I do have his name and address, and I am certainly going to make a fairly substantial donation to him for his diabetic work. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't want any money for himself. He actually has a very fascinating story to tell about how when he was in Alaska. But you should talk with him directly and have well, him I'm not tell you. Be able to. <laughs> well I can give you his name and his address and his phone number and I think he'd be very happy so, to share. So what are the two lessons you're taking away from this experience here at Browning in the reservation of the Black Sea? How resilient people are yeah. and how resourceful yes. people are. Yes. And the children are just so beautiful and you worked a lot with the children. Well, actually I didn't. I just saw a lot of them. Oh, I didn't okay. work directly with them, but I'd see them and they'd yeah. they'd come in for their meals yeah. and things like that and they'd look up and they smile and they're wow. you know, out there um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. And your name is Jane? Yes. And last name? Cronin. Cronin. Yes. Thanks Jane. Okay. Cronin. This is Joey. Mm-hmm. He's a high schooler that worked a lot with the kids. He's a great sense of humor. We can flatten you with his look. <laughs> um, well, when I arrived here at the camp. Okay. When I arrived at the camp, I met a lot of other volunteers, and when we first came, we had a meeting, and we introduced ourselves, and we were all very open to each other. We gave a lot of information to each other, and we bonded very well together. No kidding. And some of the projects I worked on was I had to build a fence. I helped clean the library. I played with little kids and served them lunch, and what else? Oh, also we went to a campground and we taught some Indians how to play soccer and we also played football with them. Man, did you play tag. I mean tag, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so much for tag. <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys are great. Also, let's see. My favorite part of the, of the trip is when we went horseback riding. That was my very first time doing that. Uh, 
and I was more surprised than what I should have been. It was a great experience. Awesome. It was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah. It was beautiful. Which horse did you have? I had Risky. Oh, you had Risky? Yeah. Oh, the one that caused all the problem on the second round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Couple lessons. What will you walk away from that you didn't know when you walked in? Oh, um, I learned the lifestyle of the Indians, how they would entertain themselves, and also we got to learn a little bit of their language. That was, pretty cool. That was very cool, yeah. I enjoyed that a lot. Thanks, Joy. No problem. Off to your meal. We had the noise of the if you want, or just your first. Hi, I'm Jim. How are you? I'm good, Jim. Jim, you're one of the the male leaders. Actually, male leaders are pretty rare in these teams. You're usually all women or all kids. Is that true? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I didn't know so that. So thank, thanks. You're an awesome volunteer organizer and or, volunteer. Talk right. about your experience. You're very welcome. Um, we had a great time. Brought some of the family, my wife. We wanted to... Um, Montana and some of the natural beauty, but we didn't want to do that without meeting the people, too. It's all about meeting the people, then. Definitely. Talk about some of the people you met. Well, um, we met our other volunteers from around the country, and we met some of the local people. We were volunteering down at the college. We worked with the maintenance crew. Um, we worked building uh, a fence for one of the neighbors of the Head Start here. Um, met her and her family. And We've met um, people down at the ranch who run the uh, horses that um, Joey was talking about. We've met a lot of people, um, guys that run businesses, uh, entrepreneurs on the reservation, leaders on the reservation, um, uh, the head of the local community college. So we really had a, a really warm response from the community and the ability to, to meet with various segments. What what stories stand out in your mind of the people that you met? Well, I think it was really just fun to be here. Um, nothing stands out in particular. I think what you see is just the whole community, a whole different way of life, um, a much slower way of life than what I'm used to back home in New York. Um, you get a feel for the the challenges that that face the tribe and. Um, you know the way they have a lot of the real problems that we have in terms of you know how are they going to govern themselves, um, how are they going to have a, you know a good responsive government that meets their needs uh, in an in a efficient nimble fashion, and it's it's really what we're all facing all over the world. Well said, exactly right. It's like a microcosm of what the whole world's going through. And your experience as a volunteer, people come here as a volunteer. What 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 should they prep for or think about or? Understand. Well, I guess uh, one real important thing is that it, it is catch as catch can. It's not like you come in and you're going to build a building and you know you leave and the building is done. It's it's doing you know kind of what's needed, picking up the slack where it's needed at a particular time. So do keep your um, uh, what do you call it expectations um, limited and your time flexible and an open mind, and you'll have a lot of fun. And your people people skills open, wide open, because they're so willing to share. That's here. right. They're very open, but they're shy, too. And so you have to sometimes um, be a little open with them first before you, you, uh, you really get them talking. But once, once you get to know them, they're very 
um, as you said, very affable, very open people. Yeah, I agree. Thanks, Jim. You're very welcome. Hi, I'm Jeannie. I'm 12, and I'm from New York City. You seem older and more mature than 12. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. You were great in terms of volunteering. So who did you meet here, or what did you like about the Global Volunteer Experience? What I liked was that I got a chance to give to a community that had less for say, and I enjoyed meeting all the new people, not outside the community, even in our global volunteers group, who I never would have met aside from this, and it was just great to become close with every person here. Yeah, I know. You really reached out to the team. I mean, you had lots of fun with every other, all the other teenagers that were here. We're the team team. You are. You're awesome team team. So. How do you think you as a teenager in New York compared to the teenagers here in terms of what you see or talk or conversations you had? Well, I um, the teenagers here, they seem like they're still teenagers, so they're the same. You know, they still get mad at their parents for stuff. They still listen to the same type of music. Like, um, even though like marriages might be earlier personality-wise, they're still equally mature their own level and the only difference is where they live and how they and like their culture. Did you interact with many of the teens here? Um well there weren't or many kids. Yeah. There weren't many on our volunteer trips but I communicated with one of the some of the teenagers when we went to the state for sleepaway camp near St. Mary's. Any stories that popped out or any comparisons? Their sense of humor, their interest in sports, uh, their attitude about, oh, oh, I don't know, drugs, their attitude about school, I socializing, mean, girls, guys. <laughs> well, most of them, like, they seem like, like, they're not, like, exactly like every other teenager because, you know, a person's, like, it's like everyone's different, so. But they all seem to be, like, pretty similar. I mean, some of them might be more, like, like, less restricted just like drugs and early marriage and childbirth but that was different wasn't it? That was different. Like but you said you met a fourteen year old who was already married and you Yeah. What was your mother? One was someone who was probably um under twenty five. I think I had two kids and he was divorced. The person that I played a native game called Dicks with. Oh that was fun. Describe that. Um, well, they put out two, like, maple, like, branches. Like two. long trees, almost. Yeah, in front of two separate teams. And they give you, like, this chunk of, like, a, like a, like a bat, sort of. And you just, and when it's your turn, you bang on the woods and you hide the sticks from the other team. They have to guess which hand you have to stick with the red stripe in. And then somehow you win or you lose based on your... Yeah. mental, quote-unquote, telepathy. Yeah. Did you find them pretty open to you, or did you find that they were looking at you as a white woman, white girl, uh, differently, or did they kind of embrace you after a while? Um, it depended on the person, well, but they kind of, like, would look at, I think they looked at all of us like that before they start to talk to us. Like, they would look at me like they didn't know me. They probably re recognize people around here when they see them. You know, like, they saw me, they didn't recognize me. They kind of looked at me like I was not part of their community. Then I talked to them, and I just we just built I just built relationships with some of them. 
It was nothing much personal after that. Well, I remember the very first day you were working in the middle school. What did you think about the kids that first day? They were hyper. Hyper? Yeah. Well, they, that's every kid. <laughs> so just like you were around a normal group of hyper middle schoolers? Well, they were probably more in middle school, so there's like a there was like a day program, mm -hmm. and like they seemed very um they really wanted us to like play with them. They're very athletic. They all wanted to play basketball and stuff. And a lot of the girls were playing like we just dance and stuff. And then I worked in the kitchen, and the kids seemed like your everyday kids. You know, they weren't very like different than we were yet. Mm -hmm. What, what surprised you about coming to the reservation that you were expecting to see but you didn't see? Well, like, I wasn't expecting, like, teepees and stuff because I know that they're beyond that. Like, they have what we have. Um, there are teepees, though, here. Yeah, but they don't, like, live in them. They're just, like, ceremonial. Ceremonial, yeah. And, like, I, it's pretty much, I didn't have many expectations, but I wasn't surprised by what I saw, you know. Anything else you'd recommend for a teenager, 12-year-old coming here with their parents? Kind if of you come yes. and there are people under 20 years old and over 7, you can become their friend. You just have to work on it because you will end up talking to everyone. Nicely put. Thanks a lot. Nice meeting you. You too. Um, my name is Michael. And your age? 13. And from? Lake Forest, California. Yeah, you don't seem 13 either. You guys just seem so mature. Well, is this what you expected it to be? Honestly, no. I didn't expect this at all. I, it, it's been, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I don't want to leave right now. Wow. I, I want to leave, but I don't. You want to get home, do everything else, but why don't you want to leave? I, I miss the people in the community already. It, it's been, it's been a been really fun and and it's just um, I don't know it's, I, I I had a lot of fun with all the kids I had fun I had, Rhonda was really nice and you know I just had a lot of fun with everyone wow so if you work with Rhonda the second day Rhonda was, uh, takes charge of the middle school and they feed a lot of kids almost sometimes the only meal they're going to get or major major meal and then they play there what I mean what did you do with Rhonda with Rhonda, uh, I worked there on Friday, the last day. Rhonda had a what practically what you do with Rhonda is you serve kids meals every day for free. Eighteen and under get the free meal, and um, so anyone in the community could come, and then they either hang out and play with this Carol White program, where practically it's like a summer program, mm -hmm. or or you just you know go do your thing. Because anyone could come in there. Anyone. And so the, how many kids do you think visit there in the course of a week? In a week? How many meals do you think they serve? They serve about 100 a day, so. So 500? I guess 500 to 1,000? 500, yeah. 600. So what are the kids like here? I mean, are they like you? Are they different? Or how do they respond to you? Kids are kids everywhere. I mean, they, they, they're the same everywhere. They, they laugh. They cry. They do all the normal things and you know they just got to find a way to got to find who they are and how they can how you could be their friend. Is there any one person or a few people that you met that were just like 
like, wow, wow, I don't want to leave you. I like you. I, you're amazing. Um, there's actually, there's a group of kids, and then there's this old man that was not a man, but it, 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 <laughs> relatively. There's this custodian that works at the Eagle Shields Senior Home. Leroy? Leroy, yes. His name's Leroy. And, you know, he he was, his life story that he told me, he was just so amazing, you know. He's done everything, like he's turned his life around. You know, I can't explain it in a couple of minutes, but. What do you remember about his story? It's just how he overcame. He was an alcoholic. And, um. He overcame that, and you know he was he's been he's been shot in the leg and stabbed, but uh you know he he just turned it around for himself, and now he's just a loving person you know he tells everyone his story he's actually writing a book right now I forgot to ask him what it's called his grandmother raised him and his grandfather raised him did he show you the photos of those of his grandmother and that Book that photo book. Yes, he did. It was. It was actually. Uh, it was. It was very cool to look at how the grandma. She's beautiful. Yes, she is. Oh, striking and powerful. So powerful. Yeah, it'll be showing while we're talking. So. Yeah. Um, and then kids, groups of kids. Group. Yeah, that group of kids I met on Tuesday when I went to the bowling alley, and. First, I was just there sitting in a corner, you know, waiting for my turn to bowl. By the end of the day, they're calling me their dad. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're calling me their dad. Really? Why was that? I, I don't know. They, huh. they, I, uh, it was funny, too, because the beginning of the, that day, I was just like, oh, please, just let me have one friend, you know, one friend here that, you know, that we can just hang out with and. By the end of the day, a group of kids just like, yeah. And it was funny, they call a, I don't know if it's just this group of kids, but it's, instead of rock, paper, scissors, it's um, paper, rock, scissors. Oh, how So funny. I had that mixed up. They're like, what are you talking about rock, paper, scissors? I was just like, rock, paper, scissors. And they're like, oh, you mean paper, rock, scissors? <laughs> I was like, sure. <laughs> Adapt, adapt, yeah. quickly adapt. And uh, I wasn't used to that, so every time I picked scissors, <laughs> it was actually pretty funny. Oh, that's pretty funny. They beat you. They they beat me a lot. What, what, I, was it, I can't remember if it was you or a couple of you. I thought it was you where you came back one day and was playing with the kids, and it was like so much fun because they were into athletics as much as you were. Yeah, yeah, that, that was me. Um, Tuesday night, I didn't want to stop volunteering. Like it was, wow. yeah, it was that much fun just playing with kids. It didn't even feel like work. I felt so guilty. I, I actually, I didn't do that until Friday because I felt so guilty. I was just like, oh, this is a real job. I'll go, I'll go do something else. <laughs> Volunteering isn't like work. Yeah. Uh, especially when you've got the people in mind. Yeah. Uh, any big changes in your perspective or attitude or things you learned? It wasn't something so much that I learned. It was so much that, you know, it reinforced, it reinforced, you know, don't 
don't assume people are one way or another. Don't, you know, just because they're Native Americans doesn't mean that they live in the 1800s, you know. Just, wow. They don't, just, you know, I'm Mexican. I get a lot of teases like, oh, you mow my lawn. Oh, you do this, you do that. Are you kidding? Yeah. And, God, you know, sick. And, you know but it doesn't like. really bother me, but I just, you know, children grow up, you know. Stop, stop assuming. Stop being mean about it. Stop being yeah. stereotypic. Stop. Not every person's the same, you know. Just because, just because someone African American doesn't mean that they're automatically troublemakers, you know. Do you think that because you are a darker skin, they actually received you better? Actually, I did get a lot of questions like, "Oh, are you new in town?" You know, like that they thought I was Indian. A yeah. yeah, they thought I was Indian. Yeah. So you know, um, I don't see how. But Your grandmother got that too. Yeah. yeah. But um no I'm just I don't know, you know. I, I, they asked me at the beginning, they're like, Oh, are you the new kid in town? I'm like, No, I'm just global volunteer and like, Oh, what are you? I was like, Mexican and uh they they just uh they just they didn't care. They're six and seven, they're eight. Yeah. They didn't care. They don't live with their prejudice. No, not yet. So. Not yet. That's why I love kids that small, because uh, they don't care what the color of your skin is. It's the they way want, you relate They want to play. Yeah. They want to they go out and play jump rope or basketball or something, you know? And, uh, I play with them. They know it's fun. That's why I love about kids that small. They, they don't care. Okay. Thanks a lot. No problem. Cool. That Thank was you. awesome. Nice meeting you, Chung. I miss you guys. I'm Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. It's been great getting to know you guys. I'm going to miss you guys. So tell me about your experience here as a global volunteer in Browning, Montana. Well, you definitely learn new things about yourself, and I think I learned that I can definitely help people and have fun, and that I can work hard, and it's just a lot of fun to learn about their culture and see their different views. It's just interesting to learn. So when you say their culture and their different views, what what comes to mind as being different? You know, different than what you live at all ages. Take it to me. Um, Take it to me. Um, well, they have different games than us, and some games they play that we think is our way. They play differently, and they, it's not wrong because it's their way. So it's just it's just different. So it's interesting to see. Okay, that makes complete sense. What was similar between you and the kids you met? Um, well, we had some interests that were the same. Like we both liked the same type of music, and we both liked to have fun. I guess. Absolutely. So. It was fun to play with them. Now, how old are you? I'm 13. Oh, my goodness. You guys are amazing. Okay, so as a 13-year-old, did you meet other 13-year-olds here or people that were pretty close to your age? Mm -hmm. Well, in the group I did, but I don't think very many people here in the community that I met were my age. I met I met this girl, Millie, but I didn't, get, I didn't catch her age. Most of the kids at the middle school were, like, under 8. 
Is that what you did most of the time? Was the middle school? Um, I went to the middle school, and then the day after, I went to the CDC to help garden and write stories for kindergartners. On financial planning, mm -hmm. which is progressive. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael helped me write it. We helped Elva. And, and Elva's a sweetheart. Oh, she's so oh, nice. Everybody here. And then I went to Eagle Shields yesterday. What did you think? It, a lot of people there were very nice. And not surprising because most of the people I met here already were very nice. Is there anything about the people you met that you think they go through that's different than what you have to face? Harsh winters, because we're in Southern California, they have harsh winters. But I mean, beyond that, do you think that they part of their life that isn't part of your life in California. Yeah, I would say that their poverty is an issue and they have a lot of alcoholism on the reserve or reservation here. And that's not really a problem in my community where I live, but I definitely do see it around my house where I live. And I don't know, I just haven't really faced my community doesn't have a problem. Were you surprised about how many kids your age are raised by grandparents? Because mm -hmm. your grandmother brought you here, yeah. but you're not raised by her. Yeah. It's, it's kind of surprising because most of the kids either have one parent or they're just raised by their grandparents. But in most of the homes in my city, it's both the parents. So that was a little bit. Do the kids have it tougher, or do they just have fun, or? Well, they have it tougher, but I think they make their life with what they got. They make it, so. Okay, so are you a little bit different than what you were when you first came here? Yeah, I'm definitely getting new experiences and new ways of thinking. What will you remember? You can go back to your old home in a matter of hours. What will you take back? What will you remember? You always have to be thankful for what you have because you never know what state you'll be in. And seeing that here makes me realize that I'm really lucky. Got it. Thank you, Jennifer. You're welcome. You're wonderful to meet. For the most part, uh, almost everybody I have encountered has been warm and friendly. In fact, yesterday a woman I had never seen before asked me if I wanted to ride back up here. And I said, no, thank you. But uh, but you were limping a little bit. You were walking probably. about a mile back. And, yeah, yeah, that's very yeah. possible. And so um, I thought that was very kind. I find the people to be kind people. Um, I don't know what to say about them, <laughs> you know. They're, they're friendly. They're kind. Um, they're willing to tell you their stories. And most of the stories are rather heart-wrenching, or many of them are. Well, what comes to mind? Um, many of the people that I've talked with have said, I used to have a problem with alcohol. Mm. As young people, mm. they had problems with alcohol and have overcome that. Mm -hmm. And so that's certainly in their favor, mm -hmm. you know, to have the will to take care of themselves in that way. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think I've heard, you know, from the other side, from the Native American side, what their story is. And it's a sad story. And I don't think that the rest of the population pays enough attention to them. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they are people who have become used to a handout mm -hmm. and have learned to be helpless mm -hmm. because certainly before they were not helpless people. Amazing people, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. They have a very rich heritage. And I think many of them have lost sight of that themselves, uh, which is a sad thing. And I've thought a lot about um, the programs set up to assimilate the Native Americans, mm -hmm. the schools, and to make them like us and to fit into our culture. And then even to losing their language oh, or yeah, their yeah. faith or their religion or their right. or the ceremony. They've lost so much. And yet when they have dispensed with all of that, they've been discriminated against mm -hmm. by our people. Mm -hmm. So it's a system of assimilation and discrimination. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to assimilate, assimilate, you know, and have them. But I think that any time a native culture is lost, it's a sad thing because it is rich. And as Joe was saying last night, we need to love and respect more on both sides. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Celebrate the differences. And oh, yeah. yeah. Learn from the differences. Yeah. And I, I hate to see the people just stay uh, on the reservation and not be inclusive and, you know, not go out and mix with, with the Caucasians and the others in the country. That's a good thing. But I think that somehow they should still maintain their languages and their culture. Their ceremony. Oh, yeah. Their beautiful colors. Yeah. And what do you think of Browning? Well, I guess on a larger scale, what do you think of Montana? Because we've seen a lot of Montana. It's in their summer, our summer. Mm -hmm. But we've had hell storms. We've had a little bit of snow on the mountains. We've had storming. We've had, but most of the time it's been hot and beautifully sunny and blue Not skies. Hot. A little bit warm. Mm. Oh, not hot from Nebraska. Hot, hot from, from hot Nebraska. From California. <laughs> One hundred and five. My point of view. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right. this is this has been cool compared to where I came from. Absolutely. And so that was you know that was nice. Mm -hmm. um, I have felt very at home here mm -hmm. as far as the land is concerned mm -hmm. because it looks very much like the western part of Nebraska mm -hmm. and. Uh, the rivers look similar. The you know the c configuration of the hills is is very similar mm -hmm. to certain parts of Nebraska, mm -hmm. and so that made me feel at home. Mm -hmm. And of course, there are probably more Indians in my area than there are, you know, say in Southern California or in mm -hmm. New York City. Um, so I'm familiar. There's a couple of reservations within 90 miles of me. And 
I don't get to them very often, but once in a while there's something that uh, I go out for. Mm -hmm. um, and there's quite a, an exchange in Nebraska between the Native Americans that live on those reservations. They come down to Omaha. They have relatives in Omaha. So there's a lot of traveling back and forth between the reservations and the city. So you see them a lot. And I've worked with some of them before uh, in different capacities in the jobs I've had through the years. So I'm not totally unfamiliar. But these people, the Blackfeet tribe, the Blackfeet that I have met here, seem to be a happier group. Yeah. Well, the ones I've met are happier and more positive. The Indians that I've met at home, it's usually because they've had some sort of a problem. Mm. And so they're not happy. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, that's, I don't know if it's a tribal mm. issue or what, but these people have been you know, the ones that we've met and talked to have been more positive mm -hmm. and happier looking. We've met such educated mm -hmm. and thoughtful, it, some are businessmen, some are Harvard graduates, some are professors, um, some of them just love the land, some mm -hmm. of them love just helping out. Mm -hmm. Very dynamic, progressive people who want to see everybody on the reservation progress mm -hmm. and succeed at life and make things better around here. They're not. Yeah. Um, the ones that we have met are all about making the changes mm -hmm. that keep the integrity of the tribe. That's probably why we've met them. Yeah, maybe. They we, want to interact. They clearly. With, mm -hmm. with people who are educated and willing to help in a positive way. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so they're willing to use global volunteers. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> what did you think about the actual volunteering in terms of someone wanting a, a particular type of volunteer experience, what type of, how would you describe the opportunities that you've had here? Are they calm, gentle, harsh? Well, no, not harsh. harsh Nothing's all. hard. Nothing's yeah. hard. Yeah. It'll, it'll Except the one little incident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, and that was, uh, that was with a drunk driver. Yeah. Something that they have to deal right. with every day. Yeah. Frequently. Yeah. Or the other little incident where we almost run into a cow oh. on the street. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. That could be expected out there. Exactly. You just have to watch out for it. Yeah. So. That's part of the culture. That happens where I live, too. Yeah. Yeah. And there are plenty of drunk drivers. Yeah. It's just that I don't usually encounter them. Oh, my gosh. That was a bruising so, experience. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> we all want to yeah. hug you after so, that moment. <laughs> uh, you know, that was the only thing. And, and then for me, personally... It was not really a negative experience. It was a positive experience in a way. I How? Know. How? Um, because it showed me clearly that God was taking care of me. You know, Thank what you else can I say? It was just a proof that he's here. My son he was, cares for us. My son was 12 inches behind you. And if you had been walking 12 inches faster, you wouldn't be here telling us this prayer yet. No. And my son wouldn't either. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I totally feel like source the creator mm -hmm. or God. Or, mm -hmm. And um, I have found the people that, that we have talked to. Uh, Joe was much more open last night because he was asked a direct question about his religious beliefs. 
but I have found that most of the people that we have talked with have alluded in some way to a higher spiritual power. Mm -hmm. And so I think these are very spiritual people, basically, whether Mm -hmm. they know it or not. Mm -hmm. You know, some of them may not be practicing any religious beliefs, but I think that deep within them they know it's there. Mm -hmm. So. What do you think about you know the spiritual beliefs you're mentioning? How, what, what was your experience with Pauline Matt who took us through the spirit of the plants in which she created mm-hmm. herbal medicines and talked very much about spiritual perspective? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Well, I have been somewhat interested in herbs through the years, and at one time had an herb garden which no, has gotten totally out of control because I've been doing other things. Yeah. And I never really got into the medicinal side of, of herbs. I've done more the nutritional side of herbs. Um, I have a tendency to agree, not totally, with the Indian belief that uh, the Creator made everything with a, a spirit. I think it's His spirit that is in the things. And uh, if you look at Genesis 1, God saw everything that he created, and it was very good. So I think that basically that's what it is. Everything is there, and it's very good. That's what he was saying last night, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there are a lot of points of commonality, Mm -hmm. I think, if you you really look. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Harriet. Glad you're here to tell me this story. This is Mary. She's from Southern California, sunny Southern California. She is a nurse, and boy, I'm glad to have her around. But Mary, you have been here at the Browning, Montana Reservation, the Blackfoot Reservation, for this week. What was your experience? My experience revolved around having my four grandchildren here and watching them experience it. What was that like for you? So I was like an observer yeah. the whole time. Yeah. It was very good. So Joey, Jennifer, Sarah, and Michael, Correct. which is all of her Correct. here. Yeah. It's the first time that I've brought them out like this to a totally different environment and uh, watching them interact with each other and with others. And it was very rewarding. They're, they're hard, great kids. They're hard workers. They're, yes. They're... Well mannered. Yes. Most of the time. Yes, they are. Uh, they're very spirited. Yeah. And they and I think they enjoyed everything. Yeah. They her. You the very first day you delivered meals from Eagle Shields yes, to the I community. Did. What was that like for you? I mean, I know you've done lots of experiences like that before, but what yeah. what would you would describe to people who might consider doing that job? Well, it actually gives you a excellent opportunity to see how people live mm-hmm. because you walk into most of the homes and talk to the residents. Um, and I, I worked as a public health nurse in my work experience and I visited many people in their homes and you learn a lot from going into their homes mm-hmm. and that's why I wanted to do that. What did you learn? Well, what the, you whole, the whole experience is that people are the same everywhere. You know, the grandparents take care of the grandchildren. Um, they, the one surprising thing was it was the elderly 
almost all of them had rent going into their homes. And in California, that's very difficult to do, but it's invaluable to the seniors for mobility. Mm. And they almost all had them here in mm. the houses. Mm. That was a wonderful thing to see mm. because it makes it, it means that they're not as isolated as they would be if they couldn't leave the house. Right. So that, that was a really nice thing to see. And you feel like they had what they needed in terms of wheelchairs and yes. medical care yes. or yes. and the food being delivered? Right. So I, I think that this group of people really do take care of their elders very well. Any other people that you met or heard from or had discussions with that were particularly meaningful to you? No, just those seniors Seniors. and some of the seniors that I met when I did the food run. Um, One lady named Flora, and she reminded me of even some of my own relatives. So it was just, and then I met, met a man, and I don't remember his name, he worked in Orange County, which is where I live, as a uh, mechanic on cars. And we talked. He talked about how he, he used to get like eighty dollars an hour, fifteen twenty years ago. And I said, well, now it costs one hundred fifty dollars an hour to get your car repaired. And so, those were the most valuable experiences talking to them. Thanks. You're welcome. Hi, this is Sarah. Hello. What's your age? 14. 14. Came a lot older. Your group's awesome. So you came here expecting what as a global volunteer in Browning, Montana. What did you expect? Um, I didn't really know what to expect. I thought there was going to be like teepees, but it's like more modern than I expected. So it changed your point of view. And yeah. yeah. It brought you up to date on what the reservation was. You guys almost ready? We're yeah. ready to rock. Okay. We gotta get these dishes put away. Yeah, absolutely, my breakfast here. So I know that you worked for Eagle Shields, right? And what was your what was your experience going from house to house delivering meals? Um, I didn't deliver the meals. I just served the elderly people, but that was pretty fun. What did you think about the the people that worked in the kitchen, Maria, who runs an amazing kitchen? And it was very clean in the kitchen all the time, and they're very like friendly and nice. So playing with kids. What was that like for you? It was really fun. Some of them were really funny. And then I thought it was really fun when we got to teach them how to play soccer. Because you're like prima soccer player? Yeah. They picked it up fast. They're very Yeah, because they said that they played hockey fast. Oh, yeah. Of all the experiences that you came and people that you met, what, what stands out in your mind as you're about to get on the plane to go to Southern California? Um... I probably liked talking to the guys who we played soccer with. That was really fun how they like talked about their siblings and the drugs and stuff like that. They did. They opened up to you about the drugs. Yeah. How they, like, how they had to search their tents for drugs and stuff because some boys brought drugs. Were you surprised how prevalent it was? Or did it feel like home? Or what was it like for you? Um, it kind of felt like home because they've done that at our school, but it was kind of a new thing for me also. Interesting. Did, did uh, teenagers seem like you or in lots of ways or very few ways or did they just seem like they were having a very different experience of life? I thought they seemed like me because they like, wanted to have fun and they tried to learn new things and stuff like that. Were they shy with you at first or open? Or? Uh, they were pretty open. They didn't seem shy at all. Yeah. Did you feel like the guys, the teenage guys were interested in you 
teenage girl or <laughs> in a normal um, sort of way, or did they I don't keep know. themselves nicely? They kind of acted the same way around, like, Joey and Michael, so it wasn't really different. Yeah. So, um, would you... What, so teenagers coming with their family or their parents, I know you came with your grand, grandmother here, what would you tell them to expect in terms of how they could help or what they're going to experience? Um, Take your time. They're going to have to experience, they're going to have to like, they're going to have to be very talkative and like try and start conversations because you can, like, if you talk to them, they'll talk to you back and they'll be very friendly and you can be playful with the kids because they really like to play games and stuff and just to be like open and nice and kind humane and respectful yeah playful that makes a lot of sense anything else you want to say um it was just really a great experience and adventure to come here nice glad to meet you too team was great thank you thank you well, Connie from England, you're the first person I worked with. You have makeup on today. I haven't seen you with makeup all week long. I'm going back into the big scary world. I need my makeup. Oh, I like the natural too. You're beautiful. But so here, you've been here for two weeks with your grandmother, whom I interviewed earlier, Jane. And tell us your experience, your expectations, what you learned. What you're going to walk away with. Um. I wasn't sure what I expected when I came here. Um, I'm not sure. I, I tried to not have any. I really, really tried not to. You can't really do that. But I tried my utmost to do so. Utmost. <laughs> yes. And uh, so I think I've come out of it with a really positive feeling, probably because I managed to kind of subdue everything I thought I was going to find. And I finally have come out of it. And at the end of last week, I kind of... I wasn't that hopeful about it. I felt, you know, it's a slightly bleak place at times. It's beautiful. But, you know, I saw lots of things that I wasn't, I was kind of there going, you know, like the culture, how they're losing their old culture. That really made me very sad. Um, but this week I've played a lot with the children and I've done a lot of stuff like that. I've spent time with them and I really have a good feeling about it now. I've really enjoyed this time in this place. So it took two weeks to kind of get into the... So the people that you've met, which ones seem to have left the most impression on you? Um, or talked to or heard from? The first day I was here I met some of the elders um, at Eagle Shield. And one of them in particular made a big impression on me. Uh, she's, I think her name's Neva, and she's very outgoing, and she was the complete opposite of what I expected out here, and it kind of kind of jolts you out of everything, and kind of, you know, they're going like, I believe this, and you should believe this too. And it's, okay. <laughs> um, well, she's very definite. Though. Yeah. There was a man named Michael who spoke to us about his language last week. That was a really interesting experience. It's a beautiful language. I love hearing it said. What do you think of the language? I've never heard anything like it before and it's really exciting to hear it. Um, I agree with you. I think it's very beautiful. I love the throatiness of it. It feels very, I don't know, when they sang it was like the wind. Like the wind. Well, thank you very much. Um, uh, my name is Shereen Baydoun. I am from New York City.
And you are here at Browning, Montana, about to get in your car and travel around the Glacier National Park up here. Well, what was your experience like this week? Uh, this was an incredible experience for me. Uh, the first goal of the experience was really to immerse my children with my husband and me uh, just into a family experience. And it turned into uh, both a family experience as much as one where each one of us learned about a new culture, um, and I shouldn't say a new culture, we learned to complete our stereotypes of what, mm -hmm. how, and where Native Amer American people live, um, how they live today compared to where they lived in the past, and really a better understanding for why they are um, actually suffering the, the plight right now of living on a, a reservation and understanding better how, uh, how the European settlers have put them in that situation and how they're trying to dig themselves out of that. But the Indians aside, the experience of meeting the local people and seeing um, how much they appreciated us as well as how much we learned from them and how one hand washes the other and, and together wash the face. And it was, um, I thought that was really demonstrated well throughout this experience. So uh, I, you've done a ton of volunteering, and you work with kids as a principal mm -hmm. and a teacher, former mm -hmm. teacher. You have a wonderful set of kids. Thank two you. Two out of four I've met, and um, and a really solid, giving, caring family. So, so what do you think people who have done a lot of volunteering would expect here that would would make them want to come here? Um, you know, I coming from a privileged socioeconomic background, I think we tend to uh, do our volunteer work outside of the, the country. Where um, I know for college, you know, wealthy college kids, it's let's go to Tanzania and, and uh, help the villages there, or to go to Peru, um, where which was actually what I had wanted to do, and my husband said, you know, help me start at home. And so I think what, um, what, what was enlightening for me here is really seeing how much service is needed right in the United States. Mm -hmm. And I think that was powerful for the children as well. Um, I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Well, now the people. You've got a lot of people. Yes. So you also delivered a lot of meals yesterday, and you said to me, boy, was that ever eye-opening. Yes. What would you share about that? So, you know, what was eye-opening about... Um, uh, the service I did was with the, uh, the senior center and delivering um, Meals on Wheels here, which, uh, which I do in Manhattan. I've done it before in Manhattan as well, where I'm from. The, um, just the experience of seeing how differently um, the, the different elders live here. There are some who really are living seemingly in a collection of all the stuff they've ever owned in their life, just piled up everywhere in their home, others who keep very pristine and neat homes, others who are purely um, wheelchair-bound, typically missing a limb because of the diabetes ep epidemic that exists on the reservation, um, and seeing so, actually just so much garbage, so much litter in the home, not just outside the home, which was upsetting for me, and that was something I, I still really can't 
wrap my head around is why, you know, just because you're not um, well off, why, why do you live what seems to be just dirt and trash? Um, but, you know, there's another saying, my trash is someone else's treasure, so perhaps it's something that is, is uh, well coveted for some reason. But, um, but that aside, several people said, boy, we really love you volunteers when you come. Mm -hmm. And so there was a sense of appreciation, not a sense of um, guilt that I did carry for parts of the trip as, mm -hmm. as the white person yeah. um, who has been one of the causes for their plight. Mm -hmm. um, also at the, um, at the senior center, working with the uh, the women there, Sissy and Maria, was, was terrific. I got to know them very well, and um, of course, I always ask my probing questions as well. Um, one, uh, interestingly, lives only with her husband, which is unusual here. Uh, the other one lives with her grandmother and her children, and the great-grandmother takes care of the great-grandchildren um, all week long so Sissy can go and work. So it was, there's a lot of multi-generational living. And the other thing that struck me was in the world where I live, uh, there are so many either, uh, well, typically it's just the nuclear family and the extended family is nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. And there's the mantra that, you know, school has turned into the community center and the religious center and the, that expanded network and that the reason um, children struggle is because they don't have that support system. We're here. Uh, you have multi-generational families in the same home, yet they still seem to seem need more support ec economically and social services and so forth. So that was really very interesting for me. Where um, just the you know one you know the grass is always greener on the other side. Where you is it better to have it or not to have it? How if at all do those dovetail with one another? So that's something I'll need to be thinking through. Beautifully said. And, you know, we had a Harvard professor um, that's involved in a specialized private school, which is, you're, you're, you're about school and education as well. We had a, a, a person who deals with the spirits of the plants and herbal medicine, and very mindful of the spiritual aspects of her community. We had another speaker that talked about the entrepreneurial aspects of his community, so of the politics. And I don't know about you, but almost every single subject, I could just sit there and listen, and the people want to talk about their politics, mm -hmm. about what role they want to play, about the way they want to progress, so they're all very mindful of what's going on in the community. So of the people that were brought in to do presentations for us, what mm -hmm. stands out in your mind? We have a, Cindy did a great job in, in giving us people to have serious dialogue with. Yeah, it, I, that was wonderful hearing from all the different people, and I, I think it's hard to choose just one. Um, the one standing out right now is last night because, and I, I'm sure it was specifically because we had um, Joe Jr., the, the adolescent uh, Native American who was performing and coming from the school, which had impressed me so much, the immersion school. Um, and his uh, was sort of take on Indian life, though so he didn't speak much, what I was, I was just wondering, I had a hundred questions for him about what is it like to live on the reservation and what, if any, tug and pull does he feel between being Indian and li living in a, in a westernized country. Um, so I thought he, um, 
I thought his music was incredible. Oh. His singing was incredible. And again, the question of do do the adolescents completely respect this, or would they roll their eyes if they saw him doing this? Um, is it something he's very proud of externally, or 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 is it a I don't want to say a hidden secret, but is it something he keeps to himself? Although at the youth camp where we met so many adolescents, they they clearly have a lot of understanding of their culture and information about their culture, um, but I I don't know how much they want to preserve it and hold on to it in the long term. I, I just don't know. How how would you characterize Lightfoot? Uh, he's, a, he's an Indian. Mm-hmm. He's, he's an actor. Uh, he's a Sh- Cherokee uh, Native American. He's an actor. He's a rapper. He's speak. I mean, what what was the message that he wanted to convey to those teenagers? I think you encapsulated it well in a previous conversation. Oh, yes. oh well, I don't know if I'll be able to remember that. You can prod me if you want, but just the, the message of don't let people tell you what you can't do was was very was very powerful and his um he he really um what was interesting the person yesterday was saying that life had come before and had actually made people a little bit angry um he was controversial as a speaker and clearly life has grown in that regard he didn't he wasn't scolding the children or preaching really, he, I think he was truly an inspirational speaker. We had people sitting out there in the rain for, for the entire time um, really listening in and, and hopefully it, it, it's a strong takeaway for them. I mean, it was a strong takeaway for me yeah, um, and hopefully for my own children who, you know, those little white privileged kids sitting in the audience, I hope they had a good takeaway as well about work hard, persevere um, and be your best. Don't be little and don't let other people keep your money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they may want to. Mm-hmm. And they may want to. Mm-hmm. You've been wonderful to get to oh, know, Shereen. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Have a great trip around this beautiful yes. land. You too. I will. It's been a pleasure. Oh. This is Dr. Carol Francis. I'm so glad to be able to bring all these volunteers that joined me at Browning, Montana, through Global Volunteers, the wonderful organization that services community throughout the world and also services those individuals who want to experience the opportunity to volunteer and help other people as well as learn about other people's cultures and lifestyles. It is a win-win situation from that standpoint. In addition, Global Volunteers takes wonderful care of its volunteers, make sure they're safe, well accommodated in terms of food and and places to stay. It's not a five-star hotel experience. I'm not suggesting that, but it is an experience that you'll never forget the rest of your life. And kids are more than welcome to join, and the parents or grandparents who brought their children, me included, had a fabulous experience watching our own children give and be given to and learn about other people and their lifestyles instead of being so myopic or so self-centered as we tend to cultivate our children and and cater to their every women wish because we want them to be happy, this is their opportunity to reach outside themselves, to give to other people, um, experience other people's lifestyles, 
and step outside themselves so they can have a bigger world experience. I highly recommend a global volunteer experience. I hope you enjoyed hearing these interviews, and I wish you well. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.